Hi, I'm Kevin Alvis with Big Talk Podcasts. I believe that everyone needs to treat themselves for a job well done. Whether it's surviving a workday jam-packed with mind-numbing meetings or that five-mile bike ride down the lake with your friends, nothing says, I fucking crushed this like a delicious cold beer. And there's no finer place to treat yourself than Chicago's northernmost taproom, Howard Street Brewing. Just steps from the Howard Street Red Line, Howard Street Brewing offers a cozy 37-seat taproom that's perfect for catching up with old friends or making some new ones. And don't let their one-barrel system fool you. It's perfectly pumping out a rotating menu of amazing beers like Rogers Proud Pale Ale, the Better Late Than Never Pilsner, and the This Is What Happens Larry Belgian Saison. Not sure what to try? Get a flight. Try them all. Like that beer and want some for the after party? Grab a few growlers for the road. You want some sweet merch with your beers? They've got hats and t-shirts ready for you too. So if you're in Chicago or planning a trip to Chicago, be sure to check out Howard Street Brewing. Open Tuesday through Sunday. No cash, cards only. Oh, and did I mention that there's entertainment every Tuesday night and trivia every Wednesday night? Oh, 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 and did I mention that you can have food from all the local spots delivered right to your table? Oh, 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 and did I mention that they're pet friendly? This place is the shit. So check out Howard Street Brewing, located at 1617 West Howard Street in Chicago and at howardstreetbrewing.com. Be sure to tell them Big Talk sent ya. Dylan and I have been friends for about 20 years. We went to high school together, we went to college together, we moved to Chicago, we got married, we had kids. Well, not with each other, we have separate families, but now we get together and we talk about what those kids are watching. Hold your breath, it gets better. The oh, that's the opposite coming. of holding my breath. Yeah, okay. no, that's breathing. Yeah. Don't you dare close your eyes. The birds are coming. Don't you dare close your eyes. It's kind of horrible audio theater of the absurd have our listeners just subjected themselves to. Everybody's got a little thing to say about the stuff they love. Pop culture, Rebel and Amanda are gonna teach their dads, Phil and Dylan, if they're willing, if they're willing to. Hop on, pop culture, hop on, pop culture, hop on, pop culture now. A couple old friends are gonna ask the kids about books and movies and TV shows, and those two guys might open their eyes and see it's all just a big surprise. They're gonna hop Phil, can you tell me the plot of Aladdin in two minutes or less? Yes. A street rat and the Grand Vizier get into a fight over a magic lamp that will grant their wishes. The end. Yeah, great. That was less than two minutes. <laughs> I'm, not here, to, I'm two... not here to waste people's time, man. <laughs> that was like 30 I'm here seconds. I'm to be efficient. Yeah. yeah. So... I'm on toddler time the rest of the day. This is, this is daddy's time this is, to be this efficient. This is dad's time. This is dad's, dad's time, and dad's, dad's time lasts right. forever because dad knows how to spend his time. Dad's and it's not, right. it's it's watching Aladdin. Yeah, it's, it's watching Aladdin. Let's be honest. That's what we did. When yeah. you I know you watched it the other night. Did you watch it alone or did you watch it with Mal? No, Amy was at Amy was at rehearsal. So I just yeah, and I watched it alone. Yeah. I started at like 8 30, and as is my want, poured a glass of whiskey and sat down and watched Aladdin. You do have a lot of good whiskeys. I do. I do. I'm a big fan. Meanwhile, we like barely drink. we still have alcohol from our wedding in 2015 oh, do you really Ooh, yeah 
We still have a Benny's gift, a Benny's gift card from the alcohol that we returned from our wedding unopened. <laughs> oh, what? I can't believe they let you return it. That's great. Yeah, we didn't get uh, we didn't get any money back on the kegs, and then we also didn't tell our friends to take the taps out of the kegs Ooh. before they brought it back to our condo and put it in our sunroom. Uh, so when we came back from our mini moon right after the wedding, the, wedding. Yeah. the kegs had exploded and soaked the entire sunroom in beer. Oh God. That is terrible. It smelled wonderfully. I, I loved it. My oh, comic yeah. book collection to this day it still smells like beer. Really slightly wrinkled. Uh, just a hint. Just a hint. Just a hint. Just a hint yeah. of hops. Yeah, of course. So, Phil, what what is your history with Aladdin? Aladdin's another oldie. Yeah. That's I think 1996. This no, would be earlier. so easy to just it's, oh earlier. No, it's 1992. Yeah. 92. So Little yeah. Mermaid's 89, and then three years later. Now yeah, remember this... we said that Little Mermaid, the that was the last one where they hand drew every single frame of the movie over a million hand-drawn animation stills in that one. No computers, just just cameras and hand drawings. And Aladdin features the most obvious first use of computer animation yeah. in a Disney movie with the Cave of Wonders. Yeah, that scene with the magic carpet, right? Well, yeah, the carpet and, too yeah, yeah but like before before you meet carpet like at the very beginning when jafar and gazim i remember that character's name gazim gazim, gazim yeah that little dude mm-hmm. oh, uh yeah, when he yeah, sends yeah. the little dude in there you know he, they put the little scarab together and it flies to the cave of wonders and it splits apart again turns into the eyeballs and then you see that like it's a really cool computer animation it holds up to this day of this oh yeah giant lion's head rising out of the sand enter a new era disney way to go it's really fun watching a lot of like old computer animation stuff oh yeah like the uh, the canadian show reboot reboot i've I've never heard of that you've never heard of reboot no no what oh my god i loved it it was on cbs's morning cartoon block for a while from what i understand it's a canadian show it was the uh, first cartoon to be entirely computer cgi animated oh wow okay it was amazing. I look forward to introducing you to reboot to in reboot. the future. Yeah, yeah. All right. So here's the thing. I've I found out a new term today, Phil. The Disney Renaissance. Oh yeah, I know that one. Yeah. See, I had never heard of that before. But oh, this is well, this hey, is the... welcome to the club of knowledge. Yeah. This it's is good what, to the... it's good to know things. One, two, three. This is the fourth film in the Disney Renaissance. That's started... the fourth film. The fourth one, yeah. I thought, I thought, Little, I thought Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Okay, so Little Mermaid. Wait, what, then what? So what, Little Mermaid Rescuers? is the first. It's, okay. it's Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, and it ends with Tarzan. It ends with Tarzan. It's a 10-year period. It goes 89 to 99. What came after Tarzan that was not superior to that's, this that's era? That's a good question. I, I don't remember. Tarzan was the last. Yeah, I suppose we could. I, I do remember Tarzan was the last Disney movie that I saw in theaters. Tarzan was the last Disney movie that you saw in theaters. Yeah. Like, but really? Before, yeah. Before, I mean, I, I should say. You haven't Disney. been to a movie theater to see a disney animated film since tarzan came out tarzan in 99 that was the last one so like i haven't i mean any of the pixar ones and stuff like that i've only seen at home you know and so many of them i missed like because i'm not a huge pixar person that's kind of amazing 
Yeah, I, I'm as I was kind of looking at the list of other ones, like I still I've never seen Frozen. I have never oh, good, seen good. Keep that up. Keep yeah, that no, up. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a friend. I have a friend who is the Klingon pop warrior. She is remarkable. Her name is Jen Ucellis. She is on Spotify. She has a, a website. Go look it up. It's amazing. And she is in the Disney archives because what she does is she takes popular music and she translates it into Klingon and then she performs it in Klingon. And it's amazing. The Klingon language from Star Trek. And she did Frozen, and now Frozen is in the Disney archives in Klingon as one of the many translations of the song. Oh, that's incredible. And I love it because the chorus is like, Yibush crawl, Yibush crawl, which is literally, do not hold on to that. When you watch Aladdin on Disney Plus now, you get a little screen beforehand that says, mm -hmm. hey, at the time that this was made, um, we... We were insensitive. They were aware, but they didn't care so much yeah. Yeah, about the stereotypes exactly. uh, shown in the movie. Yeah. And immediately, I do remember when it came out, there was controversy right away while it was still in theaters, and they had to change one of the lyrics to the opening song, because it used to be where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. And then they changed it to something about yeah, the weather being really right. hot or something like that. But Disney came hot out of the gate with their yeah, like wow emphasis, I completely emphasis on the that. barbarism of the Middle East. Yeah, I guess is how guess. we perceived it. Yeah, wow. Though Aladdin might be giving us as young children a bad expectation of what that part of the world is like. Yeah, and I mean it's post Gulf War. My experience with this movie, I I remember seeing in theaters. I mean I was five, ninety two. Yeah, so I was five when it came out. But I remember seeing it, and I even had the Aladdin poster in my room, and I think it's still in my room, in the room in my parents' house to this day. Like, I remember seeing it. I remember loving it. I didn't know who Robin Williams was, but I loved that genie. I, this was a up. huge introduction moment for, I think, a lot of people to Robin Williams mm -hmm. and Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, Gilbert absolutely. Gottfried's voicing absolutely. of Iago was a pivotal thing for me in my childhood oh, at that time 100 something about his voice he had this amazing he had this just the most grating irritating amazing yeah memorable voice and there were several moments from different shows like he was on an episode of are you afraid of the dark i remember he that. plays a guy mm -hmm. whose job it is to is to basically like make sure you cross the threshold after death yep and this kid like lies down in the back of a hearse and then the radio goes on gilbert <laughs> Gottfried says hey kid you're dead Welcome to the afterlife. Now you got to walk through this door and go into the light. Ah, yeah. But he had one line in that show, which was after they realized that he made a mistake and the kid wasn't dead. He goes, mm -hmm. well, there goes my pension. <laughs> and I thought that was the funniest, funniest thing. thing. I didn't know what a pension was, but I still got it wrong. Years, I asked my parents what a pension was, and I still got yeah. it wrong because I mixed it with the context of the joke in the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I don't know. That that stuck with me, and that that shaped me comedically and my sense oh, of humor. Like his absolutely. voice just did that. So huge introductions. And then Robin Williams, of course, just a oh, brilliant, brilliant, I mean, brilliant person. Robin Williams is whenever I'm directing a comedy, he is who I go to. That is how I view comedy is through Robin Williams. I mean, the speed of how he does things like just jumping from voice to voice to voice to voice. I, it's incredible, you know, especially when he's yeah, doing his, his turnaround, his speed. Like, yeah, his speed between changing characters, unmatched, unrivaled. Yeah, no one can do it like him. And he could do comedy. He could do drama. He oh, could absolutely. switch it up at the you know drop of a hat. Absolutely. Absolutely.
Yeah, it's, I mean, truly talk about dynamite casting in, in this movie. And especially compared, like if we look at the ones that came before, like Little Mermaid, great voices, but no one really famous. But then Aladdin, they're like, okay, let's let's swing for the fences. Let's get Robin Williams to be this character. They've got a bunch, they've got a, a huge, huge depth in their voice talent pool, yeah. especially oh, yeah. because this is one of the movies that also introduced me to Jim Cummings. Mm, yep. And again, huge Jim Cummings super fan over here. This dude is so many different voices for Disney, especially. If you've ever watched Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or really any of the recent Mickey Mouse stuff, he has been the voice of the antagonist Pete the Cat. Yes. Yeah. Would not the Pete the Cat from that you're yes, familiar with. Yes, he's the Pete, other he's Pete a big the cat. cat. Yeah. He's yeah. like the antagonist or the foil, the goofy sometimes, you know? Yeah. He's he's the big guy. And then he but but Jim that was terrible. Oh my god. I hope Jim Cummings never listens to this. Yeah. So but he but Jim Cummings in this one, he is the lead guard. Mm-hmm whose name escapes me right now, but he does have a name. You said that you had a theory about I, So I have, a, I have a theory. And I mean, and let me preface this by going in and saying, I, I, I like Aladdin. It's a movie I grew up with, but it is a retread of Beauty and the Beast. There is just so many musical moments that are so similar between the two movies. Like the opening song, not the Arabian Nights one, but the the opening number with Aladdin running through the streets. One step ahead of the net. Yeah, it is so similar to Bonjour, 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 Bonjour. Oh yeah, yeah. Just with with the syncopation of it, with introducing all these characters, all these townspeople that you never hear from again who are chasing after Aladdin. And it does immediately make the world fleshed out more. Exactly. You're like, exactly. oh, okay, this person has a pre-existing mm-hmm. relationship with their environment and all of the people in it. And yeah. Yeah, the, there's a shtick and they're explaining mm-hmm. it. Belle is a bookworm, always yeah. has her face in the pages. And exactly. perhaps she thinks she's better than us because she yeah. can read and we yeah. can't because we are French peasants. Yeah. But and then with Aladdin, he's a thief and you know, he's a charmer, but yeah. it's but still it's, not great It's more just doing. the like the setting up of the world is so similar in both so you don't of think those. it's not like musically similar you're saying that it's oh i think it's musically similar, similar? musically it's similar too yeah that's the thing i think beauty and the beast has a better plot than aladdin like aladdin has a lot of great moments but there are moments that are just kind of filler too but then you also look at a song like a friend like me in aladdin which is so similar to oh, I love that song oh it's a great song but it's so similar to be our guest and and not just in the the musical nature of it, but also how it's shot. Like both end with these giant kick lines that are happening on either side of the screen. And it's just so similar. But then you also have little stuff like Beauty and the Beast has these three fainting women that are obsessed with Gaston. Why have three fainting women in both who are obsessed with this manly man that just got into town? Like three is a comedic number. And, it uh, is because this came a, out a year after Beauty and the Beast. Maybe they were influencing each other throughout production. I, I think so. And, you know, it, I just started to notice all these similarities in it. When you have a scene like the flying carpet scene as they're trying to escape the, the cave of mystery, 
or the cave, cave of, of wonders, wonders dude yes how I, are you a... how can you call yourself an aladdin super fan um well i i'm going to from now on i am an aladdin super fan and i can't claim remember the that caves. title yes place that's the right. mantle upon your shoulders and feel its weight aladdin super fan but like the the scene where they're escaping and the carpet is going through like it's it's cool and it's like great look at this great computer animation but it's look at this great computer animation isn't, <laughs> isn't it, it neat? neat wouldn't you, you think, think that our movie's <laughs> complete i don't want to render any more files please your improv is so much better than mine the trick is to just not stop talking people don't care what you say as long as you say it well really fast and then they're just boggled so yeah yeah. Bit of a cop-out. Sorry, don't mean to take away all the magic from Wayne Brady. Oh, gosh. That's that's what it is, folks. Yeah. He is devilishly charming, though. I mm-hmm. love Wayne Brady oh, with I do all too. my heart. I do, too. I do hope he's listening. Yes, I do, too. That would be nice. But, yeah, there's just there's a lot of added fluff to the Aladdin movie that... that What's the isn't... fluff? What's the fluff? So, like, that that's, that I'm talking about that scene with the carpet, you know, like... With cool. their escaping the cave of wonders, yeah, but that's it's a, so that's a pivotal long. scene to it's the plot. Such a, yeah, but with the chase, it, no, you yeah, need that chase. No. First of all, and might no. I just say that chase is a very difficult level in the Game Boy game. Yes, oh, that's true. That's the Aladdin true. Game Boy game is, is one of the hardest of the video hardest. games ever yeah. made. Yeah, but then what about the 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 carpet moment with the Sultan after oh, af- a, after Prince Ali after yeah. the entrance and he goes yeah. flying around down there? Yeah, like I, the only thing I thought was weird. Of like, the only uh, thing I thought was weird about that was that no one is like, "Whoa, a magic carpet!" Yeah, hold on, no, that like this whole magic carpet thing. It is clearly a sentient being. Oh, absolutely. It clearly has thoughts. Yeah. Was it a human being? And then it magically got transformed into a See, carpet at one point. Was it a regular carpet and the genie transformed it to life? Maybe I mean, one of genie genie's gives premiums, him the genie has a pre, five, you know, like genie has I mean, a pre-existing relationship yeah, with absolutely. the magic carpet. Says, hey, rug man, it's been a millennia. Give yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I, so I don't know. I don't but know. What but I love I, about Aladdin, this and here's the thing. Look, last time we were talking about how Prince Eric has no redeeming qualities. Yeah. He's just a um, pretty face yeah but aladdin he is walking through this magic cave full of treasure Mm -hmm. he's not allowed to touch and he turns around and there is a rug standing upright emoting Mm -hmm. with its body language and he immediately without missing a beat recognizes it as a sentient being and treats it with autonomy and respect absolutely absolutely like good on you aladdin all right that's why you're allowed in here you're a diamond in the rough kiddo yeah, but that's why that's what we get from the beginning. But I mean, the other thing that I was I was curious about is there's some weird laws in in this kingdom, and and the sultan weird... has the power to change them. Yeah, like, he's apparently. Not, oh, if my like, daughter doesn't get married yeah. by her 18th birthday, I might have to draft legislation to say that's okay. Yeah, so so he's okay with it after she is like, I really don't want to get like, and I was so confused, like. When he says the law says you have to be married by this age, it's like, but you're the sultan, you can change the law. And at like, the end, he does. What? He changes he it does. just like on and a whim. He he's like, like, oh, I guess this was enough peril to make me change my mind. Exactly, exactly. But it, like, it's no longer. And he doesn't even call like a session of like you know whatever their no. form of Congress so or whatever he is. Do like that he just unilaterally like, says out loud, "It's this now." And how you got to spread the word, right? Oh, I mean, exactly, exactly. If, yeah, I mean, he's going to give that big proclamation to introduce Prince Ali. Just give another proclamation. Like, here's I have changed the law. This is, 
this okay so like the law thing yeah he could yeah. easily just change the yeah, law yeah, yeah. and then you have no conflict and the problem solved awesome mm-hmm. here's what bothers me about aladdin's problem after they get out of the cave and he makes the wish to become prince ali yeah that he says genie i wish for you to make me into a prince mm-hmm. and so genie does it genie's not a malicious genie he did like he, he you know he turns abu into an elephant seemingly against mm-hmm. abu's will yeah he makes aladdin Animal a cruelty. beautiful yeah. uh, he makes him a beautiful you know outfit Bespoke, and everything yeah prince outfit, dresses him yeah. up but more importantly, the wish was to make him a prince. Now, the live-action Aladdin, have you seen that one with Will Smith? I have not, no. Okay, I watched it on an airplane, so that was my experience with it. (laughs) In the live-action Aladdin movie, they actually address this, and Princess Jasmine or one of her handmaids or something like that is trying to verify where Aladdin is the prince of. Of, okay. And she's like, no, I poured open this map. I poured over every atlas that I have. And there is no, what was the, what was the. So kingdom? in this one, in this one, they just say somewhere far away. They don't even name a kingdom in this one. Prince, I don't Prince think. Ali Ababwa. Yeah. They don't say where, they don't say where he's They don't from? say, no, because when they ask, he just says somewhere. Well, then Jeannie didn't grant away. the freaking wish then. Exactly. Because exactly. like, I mean, okay, now granted, now here is, okay, genie wouldn't have to be evil, you know, he wouldn't have to be a malicious genie no. in order for this to go bad. You wish to become a prince, well, you're going to have to become a prince of something. So there are two options the genie could potentially take to alter reality. The first option is that he inserts Aladdin into an existing royal family somewhere and just like, now you're next in line for the sultanhood or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, but then all of a sudden, like, does that family have to remember or make new memories of Aladdin having been part of their family or are they all just like oh I, you're in our family we feel it in our bones but yeah that's getting too weird I think yeah now the other option is also perilous because then the genie could just make a new country somewhere okay. but then you'd have to populate it and then they'd have to have a form of government and then yeah. you know like there's a lot of details that he would have to make and they just didn't make it here but because he didn't make any of the details and he knows he's not a prince, then he knows he didn't get his freaking wish. So he should be able to get either an extra wish or just get that one completed. That's my opinion. Oh, I completely agree. Complete. Well, and on top of it, the genie says as soon as they get there, like, you should just tell her the truth. And it's like, well, why didn't you say that before you made him a fake prince or like do your job better? He was excited. He hadn't had a chance to do magic for 10,000 years. I suppose. You know, he wanted like, to he wanted to please his new master. But it's like the to... first thing he says after the after they're introduced to the sultan is like, you should tell her the truth. Good advice. Yeah. yeah. It's always good advice. No, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not saying lie. Lie to her. Lie to her. Before we get too much farther away from Prince Ali, uh, I love that song, right? Prince oh, Ali, yeah. fabulous, fabulous he, Ali, Ali Ababwa. Yeah. That song is amazing. I love it. I love singing mm-hmm. along to it, except I have had the closed captioning on on my television in the living room. Okay. And so I've been seeing the lyrics. Ooh. And in this song that is meant to basically be a cover letter or a letter of recommendation for Absolutely. Prince Ali, yep. it boasts that he has slaves. Yes, it does. He is a slave owner. Mm-hmm. He owns people and makes them work for him mm-hmm. for free. Yep. Ooh, mm, they didn't no. change that line. No, but they. here's my thing. They also make flying carpets a thing, which are not a real thing. If you can introduce you can a, have a, carpets, can, but slavery has to yeah, be. Yeah, like, 
I, I, I'm just thinking like the Disney executives who were like, well, this is how it really was like back then. And it's like, yeah, yeah their carpets the, flew and yeah, people were in exactly. indentured servitude. Yeah, all and the there time. was blue genies. Like that's, that's how it was. That's how it was. Wash our hands of the whole situation. It's like, no, no, you can change this. <laughs> like you are the Sultan of this movie. You can You're the change. Sultan of this movie. You can change this. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Going back to the very beginning of the movie, we were talking about the the lyric that was changed from that that opening Cut off your ear because they don't like your face. Yeah, but like, also, how many voices does Robin Williams do in this in this movie? It's just the well, opening. Yeah, that is him, and, and that was yeah. there was an alternate ending where it was supposed to like be bookended by him beginning to tell the story and yeah. then finishing the story, and then they were going to reveal that that vendor was in fact the genie. The yeah. colors match. It's Robin Williams doing the voice. Uh-huh. I mean, he only voices the one character technically yeah the, okay you know the dude at the i didn't know if he I did another one too, but... the second one but as far as celebrity impersonations that he does i don't know and oh, i yeah. will tell you a lot of those went over my head for many oh, years as a kid but just thinking about that opening number i was like i don't know his something about his accent just felt not right and you might not be afraid to do an accent but i am very afraid to do an accent it really depends. like i'll do i'll do like like you know an english accent Oh yeah, see, yeah, and I'm I'm terrible at it, but yeah. I'll do that. What one of my good friends is an internet famous dialect coach who is also a professor and has a master's You're just degree. Name dropping today, you and I, I. I know, yeah, Sammy Grant. And for like out there very small for you. circles too. Yeah, but she she told me many years ago that I should never do an accent on stage ever. And I, I was it I, immediately after you had done an accent on stage. <laughs> it was when it's a long story, but basically I. I was assistant directing a show, A Christmas Carol, and our guy who was playing Bob Cratchit didn't show up for a preview, and they didn't know Did what else to, to do. You to do a Cockney access? <laughs> they put me on stage with the script because it was all internal understudies, so everybody would have had to change roles for this preview. So they were just like, Dylan, just go do this. And I was like, cool, great. So I had to do a, a Cockney accent, and having never done one before, and I got off stage in intermission and and I talked to Sammy and, and she said, Dylan, you're doing a great job. You should never do an accent on stage. Will you take a stab at doing a Cockney accent no, for us? I, right I, now? I will not. I will not. No. Come on, governor. Oh, come on. There is a, a platypus in the Pete the Cat books named Gus, right? Yeah. And I do do a little accent for him. He plays the drums. Uh, Wait, what do you do in Australian I, accent? I try to, yeah. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's uh, hi. My name is Gus. Glad to meet you. Oh, mate. I'd like to put some. I'd like to put some shrimp on the barber. Uh, shrimp on the barber. Yeah, shrimp on right. the barber. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whenever I do that, I have to think of an Irish dialect because when well years ago when we did Playboy of the Western World, I had that one line in that show, and the note I constantly got from the director is, "You sound Australian, not Irish." <laughs> So now whenever I do that voice, I think Irish dialect, Irish dialect. Is it, is it, is it reverse? If you try to do Australian, does it come out as Irish? That's a good question. Will uh, you try an Australian uh, accent? Yeah. Hi, my name is, uh, it's just, it's just weird now. Hi, my name is Gus. Glad to meet you. I'm a platypus. Yeah, that's, that's still Australian a little bit. Yeah, that doesn't sound Irish yeah, at all. Yeah, that doesn't, yeah. So, yeah, that was me attempting to do an Australian. So, who knows? Who knows?
Wait, where were we? What are we talking about, Phil? You know, we lost it there for a second. For oh, sure, yeah, that's right. We'll, I edit, mean, we'll, we'll edit out. Or should we just keep that entire conversation? No, it would it would <laughs> suck to listen back to that in its entirety. You said there was going to be like a, a button at the end to see that that salesman was the genie. Is that that was the original plan for the movie? Not even a button, like a whole alternate ending, like a bookend. I went on to the IMDb trivia page and I okay. have some new information for you. You were saying that the opening scene felt off with robin williams doing that character absolutely that was entirely improvised they brought him into a studio they hadn't even animated it yet they brought him into a studio they put him behind a table with a bunch of props and it told him go and he just improvised that entire opening in fact he improvised so much during this they actually have 16 hours of recorded material of robin williams as the genie so okay so he no get this dude He improvised so much that the script was disqualified at the Academy Awards from the Best Adapted Screenplay category. Really? Yeah, because he improvised so much. Wow, that's so interesting. I mean, you know, you always hear those rumors. Like with him in the birdcage, they had a rule that they would do one scene, that he and Nathan Lane would do one scene as scripted, and then they would do a one scene completely improv Otherwise they wouldn't get anywhere so those, they, those two could do that those two oh, could absolutely, absolutely do that absolutely robin so williams was the type of person that is i think you just like he's on all right to point him at point him at the oh, thing and make and, and he'll do a, it exactly so totally improv not nominated for an academy award or not eligible for an academy award what else for that one cat for that one category for, that, for best okay, adapted yeah. screenplay because of yeah. the amount of improvisation that happened you don't get yeah. you don't get a best adapted screenplay yeah, Oscar for sense. improv yeah yeah that does make sense you know the outfit that the genie wears at the end after he's been freed mm-hmm. and he's got that like hawaiian shirt with the goofy oh yeah hat. i'm going to the vacation thing yeah. years yeah years ago robin williams did a video for disney where he's mm-hmm. a tourist at disney world and he gets like a special tour and that's the outfit that he's wearing when he goes on the ah, tour with this disney big wig interesting okay they animate him and he's flying around and doing voice work and so yeah, yeah that was that was i think that might have been the first thing that robin williams did for disney it is, yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. If if you watch his documentary, he talks about the trials and tribulations around this role for him and just his contract and whether he was choosing to do it or not. It was quite interesting. Pop quiz hotshot. Yeah. Late on me. There was one other actor who was being considered for the role of Jafar. Ooh. This actor was unable to accept the role due to scheduling conflicts with their TV show. Oh, interesting. And they have stated that turning down the role of Jafar was one of the biggest regrets of their career. Who was it? Trying to think of who had a TV show in 91, but pretty popular person. Mm -hmm. So 91, all I'm thinking is Tim Allen. Is it Tim Allen? Oh my God. Can you, can you imagine Jafar as Tim Allen? No. Patrick Stewart. Really? Yeah, but he was too busy filming Star Trek The Next Generation. Wow. Yeah, see, I guess I don't know the, the Star Trek timeline of when stuff was on. So, like, uh, I know... Late 80s, early 90s for ah, okay, Next so Gen. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so Patrick Stewart. Wow. Can we talk about A Whole New World for a little bit, Phil? Yeah. Okay, so it's a, it's a great song. This is song. a safe place. You can talk about this song. Yeah, I, you know, I just, I just want to have a heart-to-heart with you about A Whole New World. It's the, it's the first Disney song to win an Academy Award. Oh, really? Uh, Yes, yes. But, you know, when I was in high school, 
with you. I don't know if we ever talked about this in high school. We don't talk about high, high school. school. Ooh, 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 ooh. We, don't, we don't, talk don't talk about, about high school. But, but it was graduation day. It was graduation day. We were day. all leaving and there wasn't, wasn't a cloud in the sky. And wasn't a cloud in the sky. sky. You know, uh, when so, I graduated, our, my graduating class was like over 300 people. And my last yeah. name starts with the letter Z. So you just had to sit there. I just had to sit there. Yeah. Terrible. For a long time. And then my dad was like, why do you want to skip your college graduation ceremony? Like, I'm like, because my last I'm... name is the same as last time. I didn't change my last name. And they're not going in reverse. So here's the thing with the whole new world. You know, you could always apply it to losing your virginity. You keep and going I... in these directions that I'm not expecting. Yeah, I just, sorry, Phil. Last I... week, you like, you brought up, you brought up Ursula's body. And yeah, now you're talking well, about you know, losing I mean... virginity. So <laughs> I'm getting ready for this all day. Like, no, I can't talk about that. That's no, too much. We can no. talk about it. All right. Here's two lyrics that come to mind from the song with that thought in mind. First of all, don't you dare close your eyes. That's creepy, man. Now I'm imagining someone saying that during their first time, and it's and it's awful. By, oh my god, what an awful by, what an awful thing to say during unless nah, you're but it, wait, wait, my friend. It's followed by hold your breath, it gets better. <laughs> I know, I know it's a stupid high school thing, but I was laughing to myself as I was watching it last night. I was like, hmm. <laughs> sex so you do the you do the high school thing where you just apply a sexual filter to innocuous oh, absolute things absolutely and that is what you call humor that is that is how we learned our humor you oh. say we like you speak for both of us <laughs> sorry phil you know what stuck out to me about a whole new world what's that watching it in the movie is this the distance that they travel yeah in such a short amount yeah. of time now presumably Agrabah is somewhere in the Middle East, yes. right? Yeah. And they fly, they fly over the pyramids and specifically the Sphinx. So, you know, they go over Egypt. You see a bunch of other environments and architecture and stuff like that. Absolutely. It looks like at one point they maybe, you know, got got a little closer to Europe. There's some places where they go, they wind up on the Great Wall of China. Yeah. Like watching a fireworks display. And they're able to get back from the Great Wall of China back to Agrabah all in one evening and it didn't even seem to be significantly later than when they left absolutely and a reminder they're on a carpet with no seat belts you think yeah no you would think cockpit, that like they'd be no, hitting bugs like, and stuff like yeah, that yeah exactly yeah, close to those birds that seemed dangerous yeah it did it what really if they did. what if they hit one of those birds like remember how when fabio got hit by that goose on oh that yes coaster? absolutely absolutely well phil i got one thing to tell you hold your breath it gets better Oh, that's the opposite of holding my breath. Yeah, okay. no, that's breathing. Yeah. Don't you dare close your eyes. The birds are coming. Don't you dare close your eyes. It's kind of horrible audio theater of the absurd have our listeners just subjected themselves to. Can we talk about the, uh, Abu? Abu? Abu. There's a voice actor who was the voice of Abu. Is it Alan Tudyk? Because no, I mean, if Aladdin was made today, Abu would be Alan Tudyk. Oh, absolutely. Alan absolutely. Tudyk is the voice of so. every Disney animal. Yeah. The point I was thinking about when I was watching it last night, Abu spends way more time as an elephant than I remembered. Like, I thought it was just a little side plot, but from the moment they get into Agrabah, through yeah, the end of the an, movie he's yeah, an he's an elephant from the first wish to become a prince 
all the way through Jafar turning him back into a monkey during his reprise of Prince Ali. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a long time to be an elephant if you are supposed to be a monkey. That's great. That's a great quote. Okay. Yeah, there, there's the pull quote for the episode, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the end of the movie. Okay. Yeah. It's actually, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty brilliant. You know, Aladdin outsmarting him to transform him into a genie and then bond him into the lamp. And then poor Iago gets pulled into the lamp with them. But you know, you need you need it clean. He's a loose thread. You yeah, don't exactly. Want, yeah. Do you really you want Return of Jafar? That's how you get Return of Jafar. Uh, you know, the thing that weirded me out about the ending was when Jafar turns the tower into like the shuttle rocket and launches it into space. And he does the golf thought, swing with the staff to yeah, send it. I just thought that was weird for some reason. Like cool, but just weird. Like rocketry doesn't exist in the yeah, time yeah. Period. It was like maybe it was just basic science. Maybe he just knew. Okay, if I'm able to magically propel it from the bottom, it'll fly this way. Yeah, yeah. The ending is great. I love the moral. I love how Aladdin solves. What is it. the moral? What is the moral of Aladdin? That, that is a good question. The moral is to tell the truth, to be yourself. Actually, it really is. Yeah. Be yourself. Tell the truth. Keep your promises. That's a big one. You know, when I was looking back at the original story to to prep for today, it's that is not really the moral of the original. So Aladdin comes from Arabian Nights, but which is was, referenced in the never had a friend in, like me. Number. Exactly. Exactly. It, it is not in the original Arabian Nights. It was added later by a French author who heard it as a folk story when he was traveling in the Middle East. So it is not part of the original Arabian Nights. It's it's a French edition. But the French guy wrote it down, but he heard it from. Yeah, he heard it. It was like a locally. It was just a local story. It was, was passed on word exactly, of mouth. Exactly. As a folk yeah. tale in the area. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So Dylan, are you gonna? Would you put this on a regular rotation for Mel, or would this be a? Hey, you know what? We haven't introduced you to yet. Here's Aladdin. Uh, enjoy, kiddo. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I think the warning at the beginning of the movie that you talked about gave me pause. So going into it, I was like, yeah, of course I'm gonna put this on rotation. I loved it as a kid, but as I was watching it on my own, I was like, I don't know, because there are other movies that Disney put out that that I think are better. And I don't have to worry about the cultural appropriation when we're trying to teach him to be, you know, an anti-racist kid. So I don't know if I will or not. I think it's something where we can definitely play the music around the house, but I don't know if I'm actually going to show it to him or not. Yeah. You got to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I worry about the representation that rebel gets to see and you got to think like, well, hey, we watched it as a kid, but then I realize I have a lot of internalized biases and preconceptions and a lot of things that I have to mentally work against and undo. And I hope that showing her movies like this that I watched when I was a kid doesn't contribute to her having to do that later on, too. You want to be the best parent you can be and you want to be you want to raise your child to be better than you are or you were. No, nah, she can be better than me. Yeah. 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 It's not that hard. Yeah. It's a lot of people do it. (laughs) It's an achievable goal. Absolutely. And that's good for our kids to have. We want to say thank you to our kids, Mal and Rebel. We want to thank our wives, Amy and Michelle. We want to thank Kevin Alves and Big Talk Podcasts. And we want to thank Jason Moody for our theme song. Come back and catch us next time on.
blah, blah, blah. Big talk.